0: hallelujah praise the lord
1: hallelujah
0: amen uh yes uh welcome to uh, repent america um i just want to thank you so much you know for taking this opportunity to basically do the work of the lord it is uh you know it is a blessing i know we all have you know a very busy schedule and yet You have taken this important hour out to serve the Lord. So I want to thank you so much. And I want to say that fire in the New Orleans area. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to use this opportunity. I know you, but I wanted to use this opportunity so that you can introduce yourself to our audience. So when you're ready, go ahead. Blessed senior pastor.
1: Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, senior pastor peter john for having me um i want to give honor to the lord i definitely thank the lord for another day and this opportunity this blessed opportunity to uh speak to america today um my name is senior pastor willie um in, from the ministry of repentance and holiness uh currently serving the lord in the region of new orleans louisiana and the surrounding area
0: amen that is powerful that is powerful Uh, We bless the name of the Lord because, uh, you know, there's nothing better now than to serve the Lord. So I wanted to go straight to, uh, you know, our discussion today. And today we are talking on an apostasy, which basically posted on Tuesday. So we wanted to go ahead and, you know, dig deep into it in the context of uh, the Lord's teaching. So uh, what can you say to us about, basically, apostasy in the context of the teaching of the Lord?
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, blessed Pastor Peter John. Um, that's a very, very important question that uh, that you pose uh, regarding apostasy. We definitely see that apostasy is definitely one of the things that uh, the church has uh, fallen into. And there's a couple aspects of of that word that we want to take a look at. When looking at the word apostasy, um, you know, as it refers to the Lord's teaching, apostasy, I want to give a couple different definitions, if you would, if you don't mind, uh, Pastor Peter John. You know, the the word apostasy, basically, uh, the the Webster's Dictionary in Google we look at, it means abandonment Mm -hmm. uh, or renunciation of a religion or a belief. Uh, That's one definition. That's the main definition. But what does apostasy mean for the church? And what does it mean um, when we look at the word apostasy? How does it relate to the current state that the church is in right now? Um, Basically, you know, when we look at that word apostasy, it it basically is 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 a defiance against the Lord. Mm. Uh, The church right now, uh, right now has basically turned their back against, you know, the teachings of the Lord, the the true faith, turning their back on the true faith of God and believing in the cross, the blood, and the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, when we look at that word, it basically, you know, it, it means that we've actually deserted the Lord. Um, that's one, that's the biggest fall in the church right now is that the, the church right now has, has actually began to preach a different gospel. Um, they b- began to listen to a different gospel than the one that was preached by Paul, the one that was preached by by the by the disciples. And that's when we when we look at that, that's the main cause of the reason that the world has fallen away from God because of the teachings of the apostate church and uh, the apostate uh, pastors in the in the the also the apostate uh, evangelists and the false prophets, and that's what we, um, you know, we're here to, to address and try to get the church back out of apostasy. Um, you know, there's just a couple different things that we look at when <clears throat> when dealing with the church of the apostate church, and that is the church is falling away from repentance. Mm. Mm. Amen. 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 They fall away from true holiness. Mm. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, we know that without holiness, no man is going to see the Lord. But the, the question is, why has the church fallen into apostasy? We know the Bible tells us that in the last days that, that there will be a great falling away. Hmm. And, you know, and that's what we're actually taking a look. That's what we're seeing today in today's church, uh, the great falling away. Um, so when we look at, you know the the reason that the church is falling is because of someone that came in and changed the truth into a lie mm-hmm. you know? and it's a it's a clever thing that the pastors are doing right now by by changing the truth and, and not sticking to the gospel of repentance and not sticking to the gospel of turning away from sin and repentance which is causing the church now to to fall into an apostate church and actually turn it back on the Lord
0: Wow That is actually, you know, powerful and very powerful. As you know already that, you know, the in ministry of repentance we have a mission and a vision. And the mission of this ministry, as stated by the Lord, is the Messiah is coming. And then the vision centers on, you know, the discussion. The vision is to be able to, you know, talk to the church out there, to take them, to move them away from apostasy into the true faith. And the true faith is basically the gospel of repentance, the gospel of the blood, the gospel of the old rugged cross. So if you... Look at it, you know, right in the Old Testament through the New Testament. Every prophet of Israel preached repentance, preached repentance, and talked and pointed back to Christ Jesus. Now, when Christ came, as we know, his faith has appeared in Genesis 12, you know, which is um, Melchizedek. He offered Abraham Uh, basically, you know, bread and wine, which signifies the new covenant. Now, when Christ came himself or before, right before Christ came, John the Baptist was talking about it, basically talking to Israel, what you're saying, taking them away from apostasy and to bring them back to repentance for the kingdom of God is near or was near. And then Jesus Christ came, and he himself preached repentance. We are so lucky, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord, Elijah and Moses, the two witnesses of Revelation 11, the message has not changed. It's still repentance, repentance. So this is very important because the vision of this ministry is actually to get the church out there from apostasy. Because like you defined it, if you are falling away from the true faith, then that is seriously. We know that, you know, if you go back to Revelation, you know, 12 verse 7 through 8, uh, the most important thing there was that, you know, uh, Satan rebelled in heaven and wanted to take over. And, you know, Michael and his angels fought against uh, Satan and his angels, or the dragon and his angels. And I'm just paraphrasing here. Um, and Satan and his angels, they fought back, but they were not strong enough. And they were kicked, or they lost their place in heaven. So, yeah, the Bible tells us, or the, the first time we know that apostasy came into existence Began in heaven and he was kicked out. They lost their place. And now the Lord is here guiding us because we know the Messiah is coming and we need to prepare. But unfortunately, you know, the church out there is still falling away from the true faith. They are in the gospel of prosperity, you know, gospel of the world. Even though the Lord said that, you know, basically he came with a sword. He did not come to bring peace to this world, you know, but to separate us. So it is very, very important uh, of the points that you just elaborated. And so my question to America is, America, if you are listening, you know, the, what do you think or uh, do you have an understanding of, of what apostasy is. Because of apostasy, the devil was kicked out of heaven. So no apostasy, no sin, no disobedience will be in, will enter heaven. And that is why this ministry, the servants of the Lord, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord, have indicated the vision is to take the church out of apostasy, to follow the true faith. So thank you so much again, uh, blessed senior pastor Willie, for uh, you know leading us with this discussion. Now the question I have for you also is that, so you know, and we kind of probably touched that, but when did apostasy basically began? Amen, and
1: that's that's one of the most powerful questions that I that you've asked. Blessed Senior Pastor Peter John, because when you understand where apost- apostasy began, then you have to ask yourself, how did it make its way into the church, mm. and where did it actually make its way into the church? So when you look at it uh, in context, is where 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 did the apostasy begin? Well, we know that the first apostate. Apostasy took place, and we did touch a bit on it. It's a, it actually took place in heaven. Mm. So I want to I want to I want to take a look at a couple scriptures. Um, blessed Pastor Peter John, Amen. And we're going to turn to
0: Isaiah chapter fourteen. Okay, Amen. And uh, verse, we're going to start with verse twelve. Amen. Go ahead, please. When you're ready.
1: Amen. Uh, Okay, so in Isaiah chapter 14 and starting with verse 12, it says, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, Mm. son of the morning, you have been thrown down to the earth. Mm. You have destroyed the nations of the world, for you have said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and I will set my throne above God's stars. Mm. So then uh, we blessed pastor, senior pastor Peter John, that apostasy actually originated in heaven. Mm. And it was Lucifer. Mm. Now you have to ask yourself, if Lucifer was God's highest ranked angel, and there wasn't a Lucifer or a devil in heaven, how did he get his instruction and who convinced him that he could actually set his Throne above God in heaven. Mm. So it makes you wonder, what was he actually thinking? Mm. Right? So he actually said to himself that he would actually set his, that he's going to ascend above the heights of God in heaven and he's going to be like the Most High. Mm. Right? And so from that point, God said, no, we're going to throw you down to the earth and we're going to set your place in the pit of hell Mm. because. In heaven, there's no, there's no, there's no apostasy in heaven. He didn't get a second chance. He didn't ask, okay, are you sure? He just said no. Whenever you rebel against the Lord and go into apostasy and think that you can actually uh, be above God or equal to God or be like the Most High, then God will basically the result of that is He threw him into hell. Basically, he's doomed mm. to the earth. So that's where that's where the the rain started to beat. Uh, began as far as you know before it even began to beat the church, it actually started in heaven and we see that God took him took Satan and Lucifer and he cast him down to the earth. I also want to take a look at another scripture. Amen. Blessed Amen. And this is going to take us to uh, Revelation chapter twelve.
0: Amen. Because
1: when the devil when Lucifer got kicked out of heaven and he took a He took the angels with him because he actually convinced, he was able to convince the angels, the Bible calls them stars, to listen to his apostasy and to believe the lie that he told them. So when we read uh, Revelation chapter 12.
0: Amen. Go ahead.
1: Amen. And it says we're going to start. Okay, let's take a look here. We're going to start at verse 7. Amen. It says, There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the, the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Hmm. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one descending that deceived the whole earth, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Mm. So we see there, that's where it began. That's where the fall began. It, it, it fell when Lucifer decided he was going to turn his back against the Lord. Now, he was God's highest ranked angel. He was in charge of ministry. He was actually in, in charge of music, and he began to get prideful. Mm. So his fall began with pride. Mm. And just like the church out there today, when the church becomes prideful, Pride is the is the root cause of rebellion. It's the root cause of sin, mm. because as, when you become prideful, you become selfish, mm. and that's what the church now began. They they want to live this life, uh, they want to go about this life, but they want to re, they want to go around God. They don't want to ignore. They want to ignore the, the message of the Lord, and they want to be disobedient to the Lord, and that's because of pride. They become selfish, they want it's all about me, it's all about my, just like Satan say, "I will ascend above the heights of heaven, I will be like the most high mm. and so that's what the church out there is doing today, and that's the root cause of apostasy because they're listening to the lie of the devil that we can actually go to heaven without God mm. we can go to heaven without repentance, that we can actually go to heaven without holiness. Mm. And so that the, the, the root of all sin is going to be pride. So when the you know, Bible tells us, you know, that pride, haughtiness and pride come before a fall, and that's what ha- that's what's happening to the church right now, is they become prideful, and it's all about themselves, they're worshiping themselves, working the a creature more than they are the creator. Wow. Amen?
0: Amen, amen. Wow, that is such a powerful uh you know uh anchor that you threw on that especially you know to the church because the church we, we're not different you know it, it is when when you read isaiah 14 you know one of the things that i picked up was that you know even though the devil which is lucifer at the time was one of the highest angels in heaven The minute that pride set in, he lost that position. And you know, if you go come back to Revelation 12, starting from verse 7, you as you read, what what point what what stood out for me was that the Lord is now describing, even though all those angels were seven heaven, they were seven the Lord, but when that particular when Lucifer convince these angels to join him the lord now described them as lucifer or the devil and the dragon and his angels you see and that alone is like a complete disownment because of their rebellious nature so and 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 the, the scripture that comes back in mind to me is uh, Genesis, um, you know, 3, uh, 15 And where the Lord is basically declaring, I mean, putting a distinction, you know, separation by, you know, and I'm just paraphrasing in this instance, you know, talking, I will put enmity between the woman and, you know, the serpent, basically. Uh, her offspring... And then the, that of the serpent. So that particular you know distinction just tells us that in America, you know we need to be careful. We need to be careful because on the surface, we pretend that we love God, and yet we're not putting God first, and yet we haven't destroyed all the idols in our hearts. You know, we may accuse, you know, other countries by saying, Oh, you know what these people they have, you know, molded wooden stuff and all that as their gods and everything. But we don't do that, but we have idols in our hearts. You know, the way we treat our wives, our children, our jobs, you know, our cars, our houses. You know, we put it above Christ. And that is actually a form of apostasy. Because the devil wanted to what? Build, he wanted to build above God, basically. Can you imagine that? What a blasphemous. What an arrogant. And we're not different. And we're not different. But the good thing, or the good news is that we have the preparer of the way. Walking on earth right now. And he is beckoning us to repent. To repent. And come to true Jesus, the true Christ. To repent properly. Because once you repent and seek the face of the Lord, the Lord will send the Holy Spirit to help you. And you will be able to see this and stay away from sin. So thank you so much again for uh, this powerful discussion. Now, that leads Amen. me to uh, another question. So what what do you think, or what is the consequence of apostasy in the church?
1: Amen. That's a that's a very important question because when we look at the uh, the consequences of apostasy, when we know sin, uh, sin and apostasy, uh, the, the question is, are they the exact same thing? Of course, apostasy is sin, but apostasy actually defined as being uh, actually when you've actually fallen. When when you fall into apostasy, um, if we kind of go back, I want to go back to actually where the rain actually started to beat the church from before before we look at that uh, blessed senior pastor. So when we look at Genesis um, chapter two
2: mm-hmm. and verse fifteen, if
1: we can turn there. Amen. 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 So we looking at Genesis chapter 2, this is where basically uh, the, 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 the fall actually started here on earth because we know where it started in heaven, and it started with uh, Lucifer. He was kicked down to the earth. But the question is, when he got to earth, what did he start to do? When did, it, when did he begin to implement his position in his apostasy that he took from heaven with the fallen angels and bring them to the earth? So when we look at Genesis chapter two verse fourteen, we look at the story of Adam. Amen. Amen. So it says in verse uh, fourteen, in actually verse fifteen, it says the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. So we see, we see there when God created Adam, He gave him a place that He wanted him. Hmm. He put him in the garden. You know, and he wanted him to watch over the garden and to tend the garden. It says, but the Lord God, in verse 16, it says, but the Lord God warned him that you may freely eat of the fruits of every tree in the garden. Mm -hmm. But there was an exception. He said, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, its fruit, you must, if you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Adam had a commitment. Not only did God place him in the garden, he put him to work, and he told him to tend the garden. But he said, look, all the trees in the garden you may eat except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he gave him a warning, mm-hmm. okay? And that warning was actually a command that you can eat all the trees, they're good for food, but of this one tree, the day you eat from this tree, you will surely die. So mm-hmm. he gave Adam a commandment. He gave him a warning, okay?
2: And then it says at that point, that's when he, he, he created Eve, Eve never heard that instruction. Amen.
1: Yeah, so, then all of a sudden, when you turn to Genesis chapter 3, and now Eve's around, and it says in verse 1, it says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals in the, uh, that the Lord God had made. Mm-hmm. One day he asked the woman, "Did God really say that you may not eat from the trees of the garden, of all the trees in the garden, so... Whenever we begin to doubt or question God, and that's what you can probably see Eve was probably doing, she was walking by the tree of knowledge and good and evil to get to the tree of life. And whenever you start to look at the thing that God tells you not to do, it puts thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. And it puts questions in your head against God. I wonder why God doesn't want us to do this. Why can't I eat this? Why can't I touch this? Why can't I dress this way? And all of a sudden, you get that. Now, here comes a serpent. He's shrewd. So mm. he's going he's gonna to have you question the very thing God told you not to do. Mm. Did God really say? And that's what he asked a woman. Right? Mm-hmm. And of course, she wasn't there to hear the conversation. She got the instruction from Adam. And Adam said, we can eat from all the trees, but God did say we cannot eat from all the trees of the garden. But except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we should not eat. Yep. And so... She started to listen to, to be
2: disobedient to her husband and get instruction from another, mm.
1: right? Yeah, and when we start to listen to another and you listen to that lie long enough, you shall not surely die, mm. is what he said. He told her that she would not die. He said, and then he twisted it a little bit, uh, blessed Pastor Peter, and then he said, the day that you eat from this tree, God does know that you will become like God, knowing good and evil. So he kind of did tell the truth because she she began to know knowledge of good and evil when she ate from the tree. But the question is, the thing is, what he what he, uh, tricked her was, he said she's not going to die. Mm. And that's where the fall began with Eve. And she was the Bible says that she was actually convinced. She was really convinced On in verse 6, it says the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was good, uh, that the tree was beautiful, and that its fruits looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, and she ate it. And then she gave some to her husband,
2: and he ate it too. Mm. So both of them at that point, blessed Pastor Peter... John, they knew that
1: they were actually rebelling against God and they started to believe the lie of the devil. So that's what happens to the church right now, that they've actually begin to believe the lies that the devil has instituted in the church about sin, about holiness. And so when you start to sit under false prophets and false evangelists, false, uh, false teachers, then at some point, you're going to become convinced because you're hearing it over and over and over. And if you sit there long enough before you know it, you find yourself falling because now everybody's in the church believing the lie, living the lie, and now you actually start to sin against God. So just like in the Garden of Eden, just like in heaven, when God seen apostasy rise up, he kicked loose the pride of heaven. He said, There's no place for you. You and your angels, we we, we we were kicking you out of heaven, so when Adam began and Adam and Eve began to fall in the garden, and they became disobedient to God. The consequences was, He told him He was going to die, hmm. but He didn't tell him how He was going to die. And that's what I talked to a lot of people about: How did why did Adam die? Hmm. Because he didn't die right away. He lived, I believe, six hundred and fifty years old. But one thing Adam didn't realize that. God wasn't going to kill him. It was just he was going to allow him to die because when he began to uh, become disobedient to the Lord, the Lord withdrew from him. Mm. And he said, now the tree of life, I'm giving, I'm taking away access.
2: Mm. And so when
1: he took away access from the tree of life and Adam could not get back to that tree, then that's why he began to die because he was actually eating life. So the reward... For obedience was a tree of life, mm. but the consequences for disobedience was death. Mm. Right? Yep. And that death is why Adam died at six hundred and fifty years old, and that's of course that's going to be the first death. So the consequences of apostasy um, is always going to be death. Mm. And there's actually uh, there's actually two deaths that the Bible talks about. The Bible says that it's appointed unto man wants to die, then after that comes the judgment. And then you have the second death, which also is a result of apostasy, apostate state, uh, state, and that's the lake of fire. Mm. Amen. Because the Lord has zero tolerance for sin. He has zero tolerance for heaven. So the Bible tells us to let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever that we're not able to do on this earth, what is keeping God's commandments, the way we live, the way we dress, the way we talk, the things that we eat, those things are essential to our obedience in heaven. So we can say, well, that fruit that God told him not to eat, it was was a very simple request, but it really wasn't about the fruit. It was the fact that God actually told him not to do it. So God was testing his obedience and and Adam became disobedient, so God had to honor that what he said he was going to do until Adam to die, and that's where it began to to beat the church at, and, and sin entered into the rest of the world, and now you can see that the rest of the world now is fallen mm. into sin. Yeah, and that's why the Lord had to come now in Malachi chapter five, four and verse five to send us the prophet Elijah. And it says that, Behold, I will send you Elijah, and he will turn the hearts of the people back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers, meaning that he would come and restore the church, to restore the fallen state of man, to turn our hearts back to our Father, to turn our hearts back to God, or unless he would come and strike the earth with a curse. And you can kind of see now that we're in judgment with the coronavirus. Mm. That tells you know, what happened. The, the the world has ignored the mightiest two prophets of the Lord. If they have ignored Elijah, the one that turns our hearts back to God, so he had to get our attention with the coronavirus. That's why we're seeing judgment. So the consequences also of being apostate is also not only death, but it's also God also brings judgment. Mm.
0: Wow, you know, this is well said. Uh it is you know, it it, it is fearful. And I say this because you know, death, uh, as you have stated, is clearly is separating away from God. You know, and the fact that the devil is craftier and Adam, if you look at it, yes, you made an important point. Eve wasn't there. Adam was the one that took the instruction. Adam was the one that gave the instruction to Eve. And yet when Eve was given the fruit to Adam, after she ate it, Adam had the choice to refuse it. And yet, he ate it. Clear disobedience. Clear disobedience. And that is why, you know, ever since, as Romans, uh, the book of Romans, I believe, uh, in chapter 6, you know, it talks about the groaning, you know, the struggle. Of humanity is because of this disobedience and you know and if you look at it I think is actually laugh because what if Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit then they would have lived forever I mean from the tree of life they would have lived forever in sin you know and God is holy so uh, thank God you know we thank our Lord that he has the master plan. He has the blueprint. And, Amen. you know, and like you said, he has sent Elijah now to restore all tins, Uh basically to turn our hearts, you know, to our Father in heaven. And then also his heart will be turned to us. And, you know, everything can be restored. So that's, that's powerful. Um, so the next, that leads me, so where was the next place apostasy actually showed up, and we might have touched it a bit, but uh, if you could throw light on it for the purpose of our listeners, Amen, Amen. You know this is a very uh, important topic. You know, blessed senior pastor
1: Peter John, Amen. Because if we don't deal with uh, the, you know, the topic of apostasy now. Uh, when the Lord comes, if there's going to be people in heaven, uh, the people that get left behind that's not even going to know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the church as a whole, when you when you talk about, um, you know, to Christians, even inside the church, everyone's waiting for the Lord. You know I mean, when you say, hey, you know, the Lord's coming, it's time for us to repent. Oh, oh yeah, I can definitely, definitely, we can see the signs, the Lord is returning. Uh, I'm ready, I'm ready. Uh, but yet and still, they, they haven't done a self check or an analyzation to actually make sure that they're ready. Based on their pastor, they may be ready. Based in their own righteousness, they they may be ready. But that's why it's important that we actually, you know, deal with this topic of apostasy. And the, the question that you posed, there, blessed senior pastor Peter John, was wh- where did the second? What was the second place that apostasy apostasy showed up in the Bible? Yes. And this is one of the more important questions as well. Why? Because uh, Satan was, again was kicked out of heaven to earth, and um, he gave him actually, um, you know, a warning and kicked him out with him and his angels. So let's take a look here at the second time that apostasy showed up in the Bible, and that's going to be at the time of Noah. Amen. 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 So, Amen. So let's take a look at. We're going to go to pull it up here, and at the at the time of Noah, because sin had actually entered into the world after after Adam fell because of his fallen state. Everything, everybody born after Adam was actually born into the world in sin, and because of their DNA, and the whole world became sinful. And, and actually, John, when I think about the story of Noah. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me that during the time of Noah, everyone that Noah preached to during the 120 years, they the Bible says that there before he actually told Noah to build the ark, that the hearts of the people were just evil continually. It was just evil, just evil, just evil, and sin. They had no desire to repent. They had no consequences of repentance. They did not have the Holy Spirit, so there was no conviction there. Mm. And that's where, that's why the Lord said He had to come and destroy mm. all things, all flesh, including animals. But He gave He gave Noah. He said, "Noah, I found you just. You're righteous. You're the only righteous one. Build yourself." He didn't say build one. He said build yourself an ark. Mm. I'm going to flood the earth and destroy every living creature that I created from the face of the earth so let's just take a look at that real quick okay amen and that's going to be in Genesis uh, chapter 6 amen okay and we're starting with verse 1 it says Then all the people began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them and the sons of God saw that the Women were beautiful, and they took to themselves wives. Amen. And then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with human beings for such a long time, for they are mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. So then we go down, and we look at verse number 5. Amen. And this is where the Lord had to decide, What am I going to do with these sinful people? Because at that time, if you if you remember, of Pastor Peter John, there were no commandments. Yes, it was still only the command of Adam, which was Thou shalt not touch the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Well, when Adam began began disobedient with God, he actually barred him from that tree. So now, what are the commandments? What are the rules? They didn't have any. Mm. But the question was, but the, so we have to ask yourself if they didn't have any commandments or any rules. Why were they sinning, and why did God destroy them? Well, He had to destroy them simply because they still, the wages of sin is always going to be death, even though they didn't have any commandments, because they were actually now born in sin, so they actually come out of the womb as sinners. So it says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and He saw that everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he, ever, that he ever made them and put them on the earth, and it broke his heart. Now, I'm reading this from the New Living Translation, the NLT, um, America. So um, this is a translation, and it says in verse 7, And the Lord said, I will wipe away the human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals, they'd even scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them, mm. but it says in hey, eight. Now this is the this is the very this is the verse that we need to pay attention to. Amen. In verse eight. Amen. Because it says Noah found favor with the Lord. Mm. But Noah, but Noah found favor with the Lord. So this is the second, this is a, the, the the next instance where apostasy uh, took place on the earth. And we see the consequences of this was actually very, very dreadful because Noah, God allowed Noah to preach for 120 years. And we know that he, he didn't convert one person during that whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Noah may have had family, may have had maybe brothers, maybe sisters, Maybe uncles, aunties, because he lived uh, a very long time. Actually, the Plush I mean, and the Earth Table six hundred years old. But if you really think about it, that's the pastor mm-hmm. uh, Peter John, Noah was the only one that actually got on the ark. Mm-hmm. Family, because his wife was that was he, She got on the ark because that was his wife. He married her. Yep. They had three kids, and their their three sons had three had wives. So it was actually a total of eight. But it was actually Noah. God wanted to spare, but he also wanted he since he repented that he wasn't gonna make man anymore, he allowed he Noah had a wife so they can reproduce and those children can also replenish the earth. But he had to start with the holy seed. Mm. He had to start with the righteous person wow. to replenish the earth because he said, Look, I'm I can not relate man. I, I repented, I'm not I'm not gonna ever create another Adam. I can't do that. Mm. So he you know, in his righteousness, in his holiness, to produce an offspring of people that only knew righteousness and holiness. And of course, you know, it ended up with Shem, Ham and Japheth. And we know what happened after that, um, you know, came rebellion through, um, um, Nimrod and then that uh, instituted another rebellion. But, uh, this is the next instance where the Lord said, I'm not going to tolerate sin. And he actually destroyed millions, perhaps billions of people because of sin and disobedience, even though they, didn't
0: even have the commandments to go by. Mm. Wow, this is powerful and you know it's interesting that you mentioned uh, that and you know the fact that uh, basically Adam and Eve in Genesis 3:15 they basically uh, you know disobeyed to cause all this um, you know by letting themselves be overpowered by the devil even though they had the authority god gave them everything gave them the dominion gave them the garden and the animals you know they listened to the devil whose middle name first and last name is liar and you know arrogance so that is uh powerful thank you so much again and then so what message uh do you have for the church in America about apostasy and its dangers?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a very, I'm glad you asked. Well, America, this is the, the message that I would have. And that would be avoid apostasy at all costs. And the only way that you avoid being into an apostate church is you have to be, you have to listen to truth. You have to listen to the truth of the bible and that is the message of the bible when jesus preached he only came with the message of repentance repent for the messiah is coming Mm. and without repentance there is no holiness without holiness no man will see the lord Mm. so that brings us back to malachi chapter 4 verse 5 when it says elijah will come to restore all things and that Elijah is actually here now. We're the generation that the Lord promised in the book of Malachi where it says, behold, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Mm. So now since the Messiah is about to return, he, he has sent us the prophet Elijah. And the question is, are you paying attention to his message? are we paying attention to the voice that the lord sent from heaven to us for the glorious kingdom of heaven mm. amen. amen so i would say to america that we have to get back to listening and paying attention to the mightiest two prophets of the lord amen uh, that are walking the earth right now we can see the miracles We can see the signs and wonders, the the cripples are walking in the ministry of repentance and holiness, the blind eyes are opening, the deaf ears are opening up all over the world, but by just one decree from Nairobi. So we can truly see that Elijah comes not only with the message from heaven, but he also comes
0: with the power of God himself. Wow. Wow. Amen. It amen. also
1: comes with the wrath of the Lord himself. When we see the coronavirus, amen, amen. when we see the, the fires, the floods, the earthquakes, the hurricanes, you know, the Haiti earthquakes that the mightiest 2 prophets of the Lord have prophesied to hit the earth, that's judgment. That's the wrath of the Lord himself that's trying to wake us up, that's trying to get us attention before that day strikes. Before the midnight hour strikes. Amen. Amen. And I want to take a look at um, Matthew chapter 24. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. And I'll, I'm going to get there quickly here. Amen. Amen. So in, in Matthew chapter 24, and
0: we're going to start with
1: verse 3.
0: Okay. And it says,
1: later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. He said to his disciples, he, he, um, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and of the end of the world? And this when I, I look at this, blessed to, uh, to Pastor Peter, John, I have to ask myself, the, the, the disciples didn't ask for signs. They mm. asked for a sign. They said, what sign? Mm. What sign will signal the return, your return, and the end of the world? So we see two things there. There's gonna be a sign that's gonna signal the end of the world. So when the Lord returns, it's actually the end of the world. And what did Jesus say? He said, don't let anyone mislead you. Mm -hmm. Many will come in my name claiming that I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. So here we see one of the signs, America.
2: Mm -hmm. The First sign that we can see that the Lord is about to return is deception to be the same deception
1: that took place in heaven with Lucifer, mm. where he one-third of God's holy angels and told them that he was going to ascend above the heights of heaven. He was going to be like the most high. And they actually believed him when they followed him. They worshipped and they listened to him. And he got them kicked out of heaven because that's an apostate state. Mm. That's rebellion against the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, one of the signs he said is there's going to be deception. So, when you look at the false pastors, the false teachers that are preaching a horizontal gospel of money, sow a seed and get a blessing, they're teaching the church right now that we're not under the law, that we're actually under grace, which is true. But God didn't come and do away with the law. Jesus said, I have not come to destroy the law or the prophets, I come to fulfill it. Amen. So anytime something is not destroyed, that means it's still in effect. And the law, the New Testament actually did not exist when Jesus made that statement. So mm. if he didn't come to destroy the law, what law was he was he referring to? And where were those scriptures that he was referring to? He was actually referring to the law of Moses, the law of blood sacrifice, the law of the commandments. He didn't come to destroy those commandments. In other words, the commandments that God gave the children of Israel coming out of Egypt is the same laws that we have to abide by today. Amen. Wow. The same laws that we have to abide by today. So when we look further into Matthew chapter 24, not only does it say there will be deception, he says, and then you will hear war and also threats of wars. Mm. And when I look at the word threats of wars, to hear of a war, you can actually... You have to be in the war to know that that war is going on.
2: But the
1: threat of a war that takes place, there was no way for them to know another war was going on unless someone come and told them. So what generation was he actually talking to when he said there's going to be rumors of wars? He was actually talking to our generation because we're the one generation that has technology that can hear a war that takes place in about 10 seconds in another country. The war takes place in Israel. We have cell phones. We have technology. We have news. We can actually hear of that rumor mm. right away. So that tells us which generation he was actually referring to. And then it says, "But don't let your heart panic." Yes, these things must be, uh, must take place. But the end uh, won't follow immediately. Then he said, "Nation will go into na- uh, nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in many parts of the world." But all this is the beginning of birth pain, but there are more to come. So here we see Jesus tell them that look for these signs. Mm. There's going to be war. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be famine. There's going to be deception taking place. But the disciples only ask for a sign. And one of the things it also says when you read it from the King James Version, they say there's going to be pestilences. Yeah. The reason I wanted to read this Blessed blessed Family America is because these are the signs that the Lord promised that he would send us before his return. Mm. And one of the signs that the world is seeing right now has been prophesied from the mightiest two prophets of the Lord on December uh in, the, in december 2015 december 1st 2015 and that is the coronavirus he said there will be pestilences and pestilences are diseases yeah. so that's the biggest thing that this world should see right now that the lord is at the door so he says learn the parable of a fig tree when tree puts forth fruits you know that it's season is near summer is not Mm. So likewise, when you begin to see the deception, when you begin to see the wars, the threats of wars, when you begin to see the earthquakes and famines, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, can you say, know that I'm at the door? Wow. So America, that tells us that Jesus is at the door.
2: Wow. But you would ask the blessed Pastor Peter John, is he coming to open the door or is he coming to shut it? Mm.
1: Well, he's. He's coming to shut the door just like he did Noah's Ark mm-hmm. because it preached his message for 120 years, but no one paid attention to it. Wow. So God said yeah. He told Noah to get in the Ark. Wow. Amen. Amen. And he comes to shut the door himself. Wow. So the Lord is not coming to open the door. It's been open since Pentecost. Church was burst out. He's actually coming to shut that door. And when that door shuts, Just like the children that died in the flood, Mm. the world has to go through judgment Mm. of the tribulation, the great tribulation. So I would, my message for America would be this, my message for New Orleans and the surrounding areas in the United States of America definitely would definitely be this. Since we're seeing these signs, now it's time to make a decision. Now it's time to prepare. You know, and I like to use this analogy, Pastor Peter John, if you allow me. Amen. Whenever we drive up to a, a stop sign, when we're approaching that stop sign, the closer we get, we start to slow down.
0: Mm.
1: When we get to the end, we actually stop. So when we start to see these signs, these are not yield signs. These are not pause signs. These are stop signs. Mm. And the thing that we have to stop is apostasy. Mm. The thing that we have to stop doing is sin. We have to repent. Mm. And there's no go after this stop sign because these signs are pointing us to the Messiah. These signs are alertness that time is over. These signs are alertness that the rapture is at the door. These signs are letting us know that judgment is at the door. And the only way that we can actually escape the judgment of the Lord is we must turn away from sin and actually stop sin. Wow. No more going back and falling into sin to be forgiven just all over again and recrucifying crucifying Jesus to the cross again. So my message for America today is to pay attention to the signs. Wow. The mightiest prophet of the Lord, Elijah, was one of the things Jesus said he would send us to restore all things. That's the biggest sign that this world has right now along with the coronavirus. So I would say, America, now would be a time to stop sin. And repent and turn back to the cross, turn back to the blood, turn back to to the, not the the truth, the faith, but the true faith. And that's the faith of the the true faith of the cross and the blood and repenting and turn back to holiness. Amen.
0: Amen. Wow, that's powerful. you know, um, the only thing I wanted to add, as you were saying, the Spirit of the Lord led me to these scriptures to, you know, you talk about signs. So if you look at Isaiah 35, uh, starting from verse 1, um, I think through 9, and I'm just going to read it fast, but you know, one of the things that stood up to me, they said that the desert, and I'm reading from the NIV, the desert and the patched land, will be glad, the wilderness will rejoice, and blossom like crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Camel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord. The splendor of our God. it goes ahead to say strengthen the feeble hands. And we see that in this ministry with the healing service. So look at this, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the needs that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Verse 5, he says, Then the eyes of the blind be open, and the ears of the deaf, and stop. So listen. We are living it right now. You know we have uh, documentation. You know gate one. You also condition uh, of the healed. The condition before they were healed and after they were healed. You know videotape. Verse six said, "Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tank shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness." and streams in the desert. So this was very interesting to me uh, because I was looking at um, the healed of the Lord in Kenya, the six cripples, and the Lord raised four cripples. When they went to church, you saw the youngest one of them. She was leaping. I don't know whether you saw that video. She was leaping. So these particular scriptures are being fulfilled. You know, and then you see in that we are truly at the verge of the rapture. The verge of when the Messiah takes his church. Because we see in all these things, and there's no other person who is doing all those things or the Lord is using than Elijah. And then he went ahead to say, The burning sun will become a pool. The tested ground, bubbling Springs. The hunts and the jackals once lay grass and reeds. And papyrus will grow. And then this is where, (laughs) you know, I highlighted. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. So which means that on that way, the power unto man is that way, the way of holiness. Because the Bible is promising that. And what message is Elijah preaching to the world? Repentance, holiness. So which means that if we just listen, America, the power of the gospel, the power of walking with the Lord, the power of defeating the devil completely is on this way, the way of holiness. So I thought that, um, you know, America, you know, you, you definitely, time is over. The blessed senior pastor has stated it. You know, we have seen all these signs in Matthew 24. We've seen that. And we know that time is up. We are just in the grace that the Lord accords to us. So it is high time that we stop all this nonsense. The nonsense of sitting under false, you know, uh, teachers, false prophets, false pastors. The gospel of prosperity. And if we come back to Elijah, because remember, on that day, you will stand individual before the Lord. You can't say, oh, but my pastor told me this. You are hearing this message now that you need to repent and accept the true God, the Holy God of Israel. Otherwise, your pastor who is already or who is leading you True, his or their gospel of the world is leading you to hell. Elijah is here, extending hand for us to teach us and to take us and lead us back to the tree of life to restore all things. Thank you so much again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Blessed Senior Pastor Woolley. So, um, so what message would you have for like, uh, your audience or the audience in New Orleans, like if they wanted to reach out to you, uh, how can they reach out to you? Uh, and the blessed pastors, there uh, we do not know uh, the mess. How far this message? Riches, I mean, the number of souls is rich, but we know that it has, you know, a larger outreach. So, what message would you give to somebody, you know, in the New Orleans area who wanted to reach out to you, uh, reach out to any you know, of the pastors and say, hey, you know, I have realized that the message of repentance is the way. Can you guide me? How will they reach out to you, please?
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Blessed singing, Pastor Peter John. And my message definitely would be to uh, the the audience here in New Orleans uh, and the surrounding areas that um, you know, the New Orleans main area would uh, was definitely judged back in Hurricane Katrina um, because uh, the New Orleans area is definitely a a, a place of fallen apostate uh, churches because of you can, you can see the Mardi Gras, you see the parades. Um, You see the defilement of the land, you know, the the New Orleans area and the Mardi Gras actually kind of perpetuated a lot of the parades that we see uh, going on, even with the LGBT. Um, And also some of the spring break parties and those sort of things kind of instituted the, you know, the world into party, if you will. And that's why the New Orleans area was judged with Hurricane Katrina, which also, by the way, was prophesied by the mighty two prophets of the Lord when that took place, and uh, the world never repented. So Hurricane Katrina took place. So I would say to a, you know definitely a New Orleans main Eric If you want to reach out to me, if this message has touched your heart, and you see that you know you were been uh, been in, been in a, a fallen state and in lack of repentance, lack of fear of God, and you're looking to looking for a church that that preaches uh, repentance, uh, that preaches holiness, um, then I would give you my contact information. You can reach out to me uh, here in the New Orleans main area. Uh, my phone number is area code 504-327-8538. Uh, you can also reach me by email at repentanceneworleans at gmail.com. And it's R-E-P-E-N-T-A-N-C-E, neworleans at com, And you would be able to reach me uh, by phone or email at any time uh we'd love to to hear from you um to give you the oracles of the Lord to give the proper teaching to get you into the ministry so that we can prepare uh, a golden way and a glorious way for the coming of the Messiah with giving you the true gospel of repentance and uh and holiness
0: amen amen thank you thank you so much again there you go uh the new orleans region you have a senior pastor, you know, you have a lot of anointed pastors within the ministry uh, who just want to help, who just want to help you, you know, to come back to the true gospel, the gospel of the old rugged cross, the gospel of the blood, that you need to abandon these churches there that are hungry for money, the churches out there that are preaching the world, the churches out there that are actually taking you to hell. It's time you take your own eternity into your hands by seeking the true God of Israel. And there's no inner other place than to find that other than the ministry of repentance and holiness. And there you go, you have anointed pastors in the New Orleans. Uh, Please take it seriously for your eternity is very important. So for those that are listening, if this message touches your heart, I just wanted to lead you to the Lord. It's going to be like a salvation prayer. So if you just received this, I'm going to read it out. And then if you receive it, please look for a pastor in the ministry of repentance and holiness for a holy baptism so that you can truly be born again. And so if you are listening, just say this after me, please. Uh, Dear Jesus... My heart may be weak, but I know that your cross and blood are very strong, very mighty. And out of that cross, the anointing of this hour has come, the empowering strength of God. I repent of all my sins, and now I receive you as my Lord and Savior and ask you to forgive me of all my sins and establish holiness in my life may you write my name and keep it in the lamb's book of life in heaven in the mighty name of jesus i am born again today amen so if you have uh, recited this particular prayer please look for an altar near you, especially in the New Orleans area. If you are listening to any other area in America, you can go to uh, repentusa.net. On that, you will find the different altars across the United States, the pastors, and their phone numbers. And you'll be able to reach out to them, and then they will lead you back to the true gospel of the cross. I want to thank you so much again, blessed senior uh, pastor, for taking out time to do the work of the Lord. Over here in the Ministry of Repentance and Holiness, you know, as the name suggests, suggests we repent. We repent always, always, morning, afternoon, evening, anytime the Lord puts in your heart, you repent and repent very well. Here, we still wear sackcloths because we know the implication that one of the reasons we already talked about it is the devil was kicked out was because of arrogance, sackcloth, and ashes. You humble yourself, shows your humility, and repent. And to say that we become low and our Lord is glorified. So if you are listening to this message, we have pastors across this nation. That Who are on standby to pick up your call and lead you to true, and I mean true, gospel of the cross, the gospel of the blood, the gospel of repentance. I want to thank you so much again, America. Thank you and thank you and may the Lord bless you. Shalom, shalom.